0: Julius
1: puts up for three.
0: Yeah! Bear Cap Blitz, a big bear blitz, chock full of news and historic. Bearcat basketball. Welcome in everybody. I'm your host Russ Heltman, All Bearcats reporter. Check me out on allbearcats.com and you can also find my co-host work there as well. Neil Meyer across the way here to touch on a big Sunday of football transfer commitments, a big Saturday with the biggest victory of the West Miller era, 71 to 60 over number 12 BYU and also touching on the big 12 home opener. We just keep rolling into I mean, Big 12, big is the word of the season, the word of the year, word of the last eight months for this show as we have a stripe out with Texas coming to town on Tuesday evening. You can also catch Neil's work at the front office news as well. You can catch him on all Bearcats and the front office news and you can catch this show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever podcast platform you subscribe to. Please subscribe to us there. Give us a rating and a review as well. Helps to grow the show and get us into more kind of mediums where you can also check us out on YouTube talking cats with Russ Heltman and on Bally sports, Ohio bear cap blitz airing there every single weekend. Of course we are presented by bet online with NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing bet online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information Anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all of the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code when you sign up. That's B L E A V. Once again, that's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Neil, we're going to get to the big victory. After a big day of commitments for Cincinnati football, I'll leave the floor to you my man. What happened on Sunday with four names and a few Power 5 transfers at that giving their commitments to Cincinnati?
1: Yeah man, it was a big day for Scott Satterfield and the Bearcats on Sunday. Four commitments in a span of what felt like 10 hours and yeah, it, was, it was like
0: 10-12 hours. It was like a it was it like was, a it was a sun up sun down type of commitment flurry.
1: And it was a big day. Obviously, they addressed some key positions there in the transfer portal. And you talk, they talked about it all offseason. They wanted to bring guys in that fit this program, leadership, values, everything they value. They wanted it to be about the Bearcats. And they did so on Sunday. Obviously, four big transfers in North Texas safety, uh, Logan Wilson, West Virginia linebacker Jared Bartlett. Grambling running back Chance Williams, and then Wisconsin defensive end Darian Varner. So four big names, and Jared Bartlett, for me, is the guy who stands out the most because you're looking down at this list, comes from West Virginia. And what did West Virginia do this season? Beat the brakes off of the Bearcats in their home stadium. And this is a guy who not only provides veteran leadership, but this is a guy whose career has just begun. And it seems like each year as he has progressed, he has gotten better and better. He had a career year in 2023, 49 tackles, four and a half sacks, six foot two, 240 pound linebacker. I think he has the ability to be a huge impact player there at the linebacker room. Obviously, something that could be a key depth player. Obviously, Scott Satterfield and the Bearcats have mentioned the development of Jonathan Thompson. We know what Jack Dingle and Dorian Jones is capable of. And man, you bring in a guy like Bartlett, that linebacker room is going to be flying around, making some big tackles here in 2024. And then another one of those transfers that really sticks out to me, Russ, is Chance Williams running back from Grambling, 890 yards, six touchdowns last season. And Scott Satterfield has mentioned he loved, he needed an explosive back. And next thing you know, he gets another one in the transfer portal alongside Evan Pryor to pair with a guy like Corey Kiner. And, man, you look down at Chance Williams' tape, a game that sticks out to you in mind was what he did versus LSU last season. Over 100 yards, best game of the season. And if you can have that number versus a Power 5 opponent there at a smaller program like Grambling, you know you got some good, some good speed there. A good opportunity to add to the running back room. Obviously, he's a little smaller guy. But this is a guy who could come in there and really split some time here with two seasons left of eligibility, depending on what happens here in 2024. Corey Kiner's returning for his senior season. Evan Pryor also has two seasons left. But if Kiner leaves for the NFL following this season, Chance Williams is a guy who could step in and take some significant snaps right there in his final season. So this is a guy who might not see as much snaps as people expected here in 2024, but man. Senior season could be a big season for Chance Williams. So kind of a developmental piece, but they can do a lot of different things with him as well. But man, four big transfers in a less than 12-hour span. And I, I don't think they're done yet, Russ, if you ask me. I don't think they're done yet.
0: No, I suspect we'll get two to three more transfers in this cycle, and it could happen as we're as we're doing this show right now. There are some eyeball emojis going around. Cass Simmons, one of the recruiting uh, recruiting mavens for on this UC staff, uh, throwing those around. And it was a big weekend, big weekend for the Bearcats. As, as I mentioned, two to three more guys this cycle I could see happening, and then maybe you leave two spots open for the summer window after spring goes through. You see what guys pop up there. And then you're basically finalizing your roster, heading into fall camp in the summer, uh, late summer months there. But you touched on Chance Williams. We touched on Jared Bartlett. Also, I think maybe the guy that will impact the 2024 team the most, possibly, and might be the best player out of all these guys is Logan Wilson. You got two Logan Wilsons on the defensive side of the ball in uh, Cincinnati College and pro football now with Logan Wilson, the Bengals linebacker, just down the street there for uh, the pro outfit here in the Queen City, but 112 tackles, three interceptions, eight PBUs over the last two seasons. He was very good in 2023, had a 71 PFF grade across 654 defensive snaps. He was great in coverage as well, was kind of driving that grade with his coverage grade, had a 71.6 coverage grade um, and did it all while at five foot ten, 170 pounds. They needed some new blood in that safety room, Neil. And I think when you look at what, logan wilson can bring to the table i would be shocked if he's not in the rotation i would be shocked if he's not in the safety rotation i would be a little surprised if he's not one of their starting safeties entering next season when you think about it, i mean neil there really isn't any kind of competition as we wind down the touch on of logan wilson for playing time in that starting safety position it's going to be kind of just roll them out and see what guys are, are taking to the system the best
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you see Brian Threats transferred to Central Florida. Deshaun Pace, a linebacker and defensive back in that hybrid star position, also transferred to Central Florida. And then you see a guy like Taj, Taj Ward's eligibility runs out. Sammy Anderson leaves, goes to Charlotte. There's a lot of opportunities there in the secondary for the Bearcats there for guys like Logan Wilson to step up, Kai Stokes to step up. Some other guys, obviously, we saw the freshman in Kalen Carroll. Raquan Atkins get a lot of time there towards the end of the season. But there's a lot of opportunities sitting on the table right now for the Bearcats there and the defensive back in the secondary. So for a guy like Logan Wilson to come in, it should be pretty interesting to see how it unfolds there in fall camp, spring camp. But... Look for a guy like Logan Wilson and Kai Logan Wilson and Kai Stokes to come in and try and make an immediate impact for Scott Satterfield and the Bearcats.
0: Right. Kai Stokes out of Ohio State, right? I'm not mistaken on that. Yeah, he's yep. Ohio State Buckeye. One of the one of the Buckeyes making their way over to UC. Where you were you gonna say, Neil?
1: Yeah, Kai Stokes, yeah, from Ohio State. Those are two guys who could come in and probably make an immediate impact there in the secondary. Obviously, they provide a lot of experience, a lot of veteran leadership. But for Kai Stokes, he's been on some championship teams. Over the last few seasons at Ohio State, he knows what it takes to win those big games. And having somebody with that experience there in the secondary, in that defensive back's room, that is huge for a guy like Kerry Combs and this Bearcats staff.
0: Yeah, when you look at Logan Wilson, he is just coming off of a season in the AAC. So uh, a group of five level, but not like he's playing in the MAC or the Sun Belt or something. It's, it's the AAC. It's definitively the sixth best conference in the country. And so you've got a lot of experience, a lot of snaps played in that conference. You can take that experience and try to parlay it into solid, if not even better play, Bearcats fans are hoping for in the Big 12 out of Logan Wilson. Then the out the weekend of commitments, and we'll get to a decommitment real quick before we get to the hardwood, Darian Varner. Picking off a player from Luke Fickles ranks over at Wisconsin. He comes over to UC for his final year of eligibility. Six foot three, 275 pound grad transfer, Neil. He's kind of listed as a defensive lineman, but is is kind of more like that Jawan Briggs role where he's going to be able to flash all over the line. I bet they're going to keep him at a similar weight as they, what they had Briggs on, uh, at, what they had Briggs at. And so kind of that tweener defensive line, defensive end role. And then you're mostly going to see a guy like Bartlett, who we already touched on. I would imagine if he ends up being the starter, to be the dog position, kind of that guy, similar to Daniel Greshick, play a similar kind of role to what Greshick did for that defense last year. But when you look at Varner, 275 pounds, big big guy, didn't have a ton of experience last year with Wisconsin. Play appeared in 11 games, had five tackles, two pressures, one and a half tackles for loss and he got a 55.8 defensive grade across 122 snaps so obviously not wowing anybody he's not going to be a premier transfer making headlines and driving the class or anything by that means but I think Neil decent depth piece and a guy that at least you could get into the defensive line room and just have some experience along that
1: front yeah absolutely and you mentioned Varner not seeing that much significant time because he was battling a foot injury for the people who don't know. So he was battling an injury there in the 2023 season that kind of hampered him a little bit. But it's also very important, as you mentioned, to keep him kind of similar at that weight that Jawan Briggs played at. And that's something that Coach Nico Palazzotti will get him in the weight room and probably put a couple of pounds on him and play him. Probably closer to 290 is what I would expect to see him at. That's what Briggs the, checked
0: in at throughout the season, right? Like 290 to 300 range. Briggs was that.
1: 315 before the season and then coming into the actual fall camp and stuff, he was down to 295, I believe. Or 290. yeah. So he dropped quite a bit of weight, got, got in shape, had a great season. But that would be something I kind of expect from Varner. Obviously he provides very good experience there alongside Eric Phillips and Dante Corleone. But before getting hurt in 2023, this was a guy who had A career season in 2022, a first-team All-AAC selection where he finished with 35 tackles and and seven-and-a-half sacks for Temple and was a key key piece for the Owls on the defensive side of the ball, which led to him hitting the transfer portal, exploring his options, but things just didn't go as planned at Wisconsin. But now he looks to rebuild and get back healthy and be a huge impact player for Scott Satterfield and the Bearcats heading into 2023, or 2024, sorry. I yeah, know. It's
0: tough with that with that calendar flip over the past 10 days or so. As he's Neil Meyer, I'm Russ Heltman. You're all Bearcats reporters and your hosts here on Bearcat Blitz. One guy that flipped, Neil, George Gums Jr. Defensive ends, kind of the highest upside piece defensively mm-hmm. that they had added in the current standings where we are in the transfer portal. He flips from UC to Florida late last week, and then that kind of prompts – maybe they already kind of anticipated that happening because Bartlett and Varner Bartlett was in for a visit last week and Varner were already maybe kind of in the works in terms of getting them yeah. signed on and into the commitment portal type of thing, into the commitment side of things. And so that obviously wipes out what you lose in George Gums. George Gums flashed a little bit last year, in Northern Illinois, but I wouldn't say it's a massive loss considering they replaced it very quickly with a, with those two guys and Darian Varner and, uh, And who else was it? Uh, Jared Bartlett. Jared Bartlett. I'm getting them all mixed up. There's been so many commits the past few days. And then another little nugget that I wanted to give to our audience and that was interesting is there was chatter of Brendan Soresby getting targeted and possibly poached by USC late last week. Rumor is Lincoln Riley got on the horn late trying to get Soresby into the coffers, into the LA side of things. But Soresby is... Enrolled. He's already moved into moved in and everything. Like he's he's good to go, ready to roll, Neil. But that was interesting. Just scrolling social media last week, seeing that USC was interested in bringing in Brendan Sorsby. And I think as we wind down this football conversation here, that should give Bearcats fans a lot of optimism about the evaluation structure that went into targeting Sorsby so early in the process and getting him in so early in the process. As we can see now, that being so so
1: crucial in having your guy at quarterback and then building it out from there. Yeah, absolutely. And Scott Satterfield and the staff identified their number one target and that was Brendan Sorsby and they did it early in the process. Right when they saw his name hit the portal, they made sure to get him on campus there the very next day and they locked it down, did a great job at making sure that they could get the commitment early, get him enrolled. And that says a lot about the caliber player that Brendan Sorsby will be. And if you ask me that, so a lot of excitement surrounding the Indiana transfer quarterback and his potential. So the sky's the limit for Brendan Sorsby, and I am very excited to see what he does for Scott Satterfield and the Bearcats here this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, maybe we see, uh, I'm still expecting a tight end addition, just to beef up that side of the ball. That's that position a little bit, but other than that, maybe one more wide receiver, but. It's going to be in the hands of Brendan Sorsby. It's his kingdom. If he can unlock the keys to it over the next few months in this quarterback battle and in fall camp in this offense with Scott Satterfield's system, if they can get top 40 QB play nationally, they can definitely be a bowl team. You get top 25 QB play. We could be talking competing for big 12 titles. That is what this system has proven. Just have to get that quarterback to produce at that level. Guys that are producing at a very high level right now, the Bearcats men's basketball team as a whole, especially guys like Jizzle James and Victor Locken, who helped drive a 71-60 upset victory. The best win of the West Miller era. This guy right here has been talking about all the Q1, Q2 opportunities and the chances he needs his program to take advantage of. They took advantage of the first one in conference play. We'll touch on that in just a moment. On Bear Caplets, Neil seventy-one to sixty victory for Cincinnati basketball over BYU. They hold the Cougars to about thirty points lower than their average scoring posting this season. They. Only allow Trevin Nell to go off. Other than that, no other Cougars scored more than 10 points in this basketball game. They hold leading scorer Jackson Robinson, the two of seven from the field. Cincinnati finally shuts down the top scoring option on a good team, opposing them on the other side of the hardwood. This was, in my opinion, Neil, the definitive, the best, and the biggest jump-starting win of the West Miller era. It's kind of like watching a startup company grow where you have, oh, surprise win against Illinois. Oh, and then we're going to go back down. And then we're going to go up a little bit. Oh, we're going to grow a little bit year one, but not quite get there. We're going to do the same thing in year two, not quite get there. Questions maybe starting to arise about if they can win the big one. Questions mounting even more in non-conference play. And then when they get the big fella back, a guy we haven't even talked about yet. I haven't mentioned his name, Aziz Bandego. I am glad, Neil, that I gave that caveat last week when I said they had no chance if Aziz Bandego does not play. Because he played, he felt great, according to Wes Miller in that post-game press conference heading into the tip off of the game. And he looked great, man. 10 point, what do you have? 10 points. 12, 12 points,
1: 10 rebounds. He was A just four or five. Unbelievable in the game.
0: He was so so good. 12 points, 10 rebounds. Thank you. All 10 on the defensive side of the ball. Had an assist as well, a block to add to that. And Neil in this ball game with Aziz Bandago on the floor. The Bearcats offense had a 162.3 offensive rating, which would blow the doors off of any team in the country's other offense. And his defensive rating, oh, just about a hundred points lower. 62.9. Neil, when this program has a Zandago at full strength and ready to strike fear in the hearts of opponents, they can hang with any team in the country. And we saw that at firsthand with the best win in the country so far on the road against the number two ranked team in the net.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you you've talked about it all week, all season long, Russ that this is going to be a huge opportunity. And man, did Wes Miller and the Bearcats come and get the job done. They were down by eight at the half, 31 to 24, I believe, so seven points down at half. And man, they come out and they outscore the Cougars, 47 to 29 in the second half, sparked by Jizzle James. And man, the freshman it just seems like every game that is a big game, who else but Jizzle James steps up. He put the Bearcats. What, 12 points in that half, right? 10 of 12. 10 and a half. points in the second half. And 10 points when the Bearcats needed it the most. About the 10 minute mark, man, Jizzle James, we all know the player he is, but man, he comes in there with contact and he just gets downhill and attacks. He's not scared of anybody. Obviously, his dad wasn't scared of contact either, being a <laughs> NFL Hall of Fame running back. But man, the freshman shines in the big moments. And this was one of those ones where he had to take this game over, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end as well. Because let's be honest, Trevin Nell was just giving nothing but buckets to the Bearcats before Mark Pope pulled him out at the 10-minute mark and rested him for about six minutes there, heading into the final stretch with Russ. If you ask me, I'm not sure what that decision was, but (laughs) I'm all for it. But man, with the way he was shooting the ball, 9 of 12 from 3, at one point and it just seemed like trevin nell couldn't miss but then you come in then once they made that sub west miller kind of shifts it brings in jizzle james and the performance of jizzle james we talk about a guy like aziz bandego too but jizzle james stepped up the most in a game where dayday thomas really struggled was four points 0 of 7 shooting but seven turnovers russ seven turnovers seven of the 18 turnovers for the Bearcats came from their starting point guard Day Day Thomas, which I don't think we see a performance like that again this season. But leaning forward, don't be surprised if Jizzle James gets himself some more minutes because man was he impressive on Saturday night versus the number twelve team in the country. And then Aziz Bandego, man, they had no idea he was going to be available to play up until just about game time. Yep. And man, did he shine in his return back to Utah? Twelve points. 10 rebounds, 4 or 5 shooting, and he even said it in the post-game press conferences. He loves playing on the road and in an environment where he has done a lot of terrific things in Utah. Man, was it a great sight to see for Bearcats fans, and that is an excitement as all can be happy for heading into this gauntlet of a Big 12 schedule. And if you're a Z's Bandego, ooh, opposing teams, watch out because that is now – his fourth double double since getting eligible of the season already. Obviously, he missed the three games, but four consecutive games of a double double dating back to December for the big fella.
0: It's crazy, man. He's at, he's, at, it was over a 50% hit rate on double doubles in appearances this year. Seven games, four double doubles for Aziz Bandago. He is the skeleton key. I am going to say it until I go blue in the face with him healthy alongside Victor Locken, who was, we haven't even talked about him much, fantastic in this game. One of his best high leverage games as a Bearcat, as the leading scorer on this team, had 17 points, leading scorer for UC, 6-12 of (laughs) from the field, put up four threes, hit a pair of them. Even Bandago hit a three as well. I mean, when they can can show that kind of attack at all three levels of the Mm -hmm. floor, with all different guys coming at you. Dan Skillings, we got to mention him as well. He was solid in this one, 10 points, very efficient, four of seven from the field. I think they are now 12 and 0 in Skillings' career when he scores he 10 scores plus points. Digits. Yep. Yeah. So I, the rebounding split. I mean, you had one, two, three, four, five, six guys have four plus rebounds in this game on the UC side of things. Headlined by the Bandagos, 10. And Neil, this is up against a team that coming into the contest, was top five nationally in Third rebounding in the yeah they were and like they three spots higher than you see double,
1: double digits
0: it's crazy man. like when you don't have a top gear go-to ball handling score like you see is lacking this year you have to be able to bring it all together as a team to bring it all together as a unit when it comes to rebounding when it comes to personal fouls when it comes to turnovers, which they had to clean up in the second half of this game. Mm -hmm. And they did ultimately after a horribly sloppy first half, you need guys like Jizzle James to step up in key stretches and moments, but the totality of the team, when they are playing this soundly and this succinctly as they showed on defense with their rotations and the way they just masterfully defended the three-point line (laughs) besides Trevin Nell throughout much of the game. You can beat anybody in the country. You can when you have this collection of talent and this kind of execution at a high level. We'll get to a Texas update in just a moment. Texas preview in just a moment. As the Bearcats could be ranked going into that contest, it'll be dropping really right when we get done recording this uh this this podcast, the AP Top 25 top 25 will drop as UC is looking to get back into the rankings for the first time since the end of the 2018-2019 mm-hmm. season after Neil getting their biggest win on the road since the 2019 season. Things that have not happened this decade. A lot of it happening right now in the past 10 days across this week for Bearcat basketball. Get to it in just a moment. Texas preview on Bearcat Blitz. few minutes left here Neil as Cincinnati welcomes in the Texas Longhorns for a matchup at Fifth Third Arena opening up Big 12 play with a stripe out red and black stripe out in the stands check out UC's social media pages to figure out which uh, which section and which color you should be wearing on Tuesday night coming into this game as we currently stand as of this recording Texas 60th in the net while Cincinnati is 24th in the net Texas coming off a loss double digit loss at home Two Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Raiders kind of buried them in the last quarter of the game or so, last 10 minutes of the game. Scoring offense, very solid. 79 points per game. They give up just 64.3. Uh Neil, their headlines by Max A. Smith, the top guard on this team. A very strong scorer at that. 17 points per game on decent, decent clip. 53 point. 53% shooting from two, 45.7% overall. Tyrese Hunter, his running mate, and kind of go-to scoring compadre on that backcourt side of things. 13.2 points, 4.4 assists. Those guys ultimately drive the offense, Neil, and they feed it into names like Dylan Mitchell, Caden Shedrick, and Dylan these through These three forwards, I think, are the biggest issues for Cincinnati to deal with because if they can shut down the forwards, Keep them off the glass and force all of the offense shooting-wise to go through Hunter and Ace. I think they can kind of break down those smaller players a little bit easier and be able to wear them out and wear them down towards the ends of the game. A game in which I had the Bearcats winning 76 to 60 and kind of an old-fashioned knockdown, drag out fight that UC's depth, home court advantage, and overall sound execution. Ultimately allows them to win, but this is not going to be an easy. Obviously, no game in the Big 12 this year is really going to be easy, but not going to be an easy one for the Bearcats, despite being 73.4% favorites right now on the ESPN matchup predictor. Very good assist team in the Longhorns, and on the defensive side, Shedrick can block the sun out of the court in terms of swatting away baskets. Dylan Disu can do that as well, and so can Dylan Mitchell Neal. Those three guys are daunting, daunting forwards and what will be probably the biggest opponent UC has faced so far this season?
1: Yeah, first off, as you mentioned, Bearcats fans, this is my message personally. Get to 5th, 3rd Arena tomorrow night. Do your part in the stripe-out. First Big 12 conference home game. Do your part and come support these guys. Obviously, riding the momentum there. You have a big opportunity there with Texas coming in. Come do your part and support this Bearcats basketball team and wear your colors accordingly by the sections. But Texas is a team, Russ, where they're going to come in angry. Rodney Terry is going to have these guys ready to play, led by Max Abemus, who we all know is the caliber of score. We saw what he was capable of doing at Oral Roberts the last four seasons. But man, when he gets going, he gets going. And then you talk about a guy like Dylan Mitchell and Dylan Dysu on the inside in the front court for the Longhorns. Dylan Mitchell is a guy who is leading the team in rebounds. He's averaging nearly a double-double per game. But Dylan Dyson, on the other hand, missed the team's first month and a half of the season due to a foot injury. He has only played in five games. But in those five games, he is averaging nearly 12 points on 46% shooting. And the Longhorns are just now starting to get fully healthy. So overall for the Bearcats, it's going to be a challenge at their hands. But this is a game, as you mentioned, where the size can take over with the Bearcats in players like Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds, Victor Locken. I expect those big guys to really find ways to contain Dylan Mitchell and Dylan Dysu, keep them off the glass, and they're going to have to make Max Edmus and Tyrese Hunter beat you guys. But Tyrese Hunter is coming off back-to-back 20-point performances for the Longhorns, so you cannot let him continue that rate here at Fifth Third Arena tomorrow night. But the Longhorns are a high-powered offense, and the Bearcats know they will have a challenge at their hands. But will they be able to build the momentum and keep the ball rolling following their dominant victory over BYU on Saturday night? What do you got, Neil?
0: What kind of score prediction you have for us?
1: I'm not going to say a 15-point blowout like you said, but I'm going go to go 76-68 to in favor of the Bearcats.
0: What did I say? Did I say seventy six sixty? I meant seventy six seventy. Yeah. Seventy six seventy. 76 70.
1: Yeah, Give me 76-70. Yeah, like, I meant to what say get- 70.
0: <laughs> there's all these sixes. There's all these transfers. There's, the, there's, there's a ton going on right now. There's a ton going on in Bearcat land as Neil and I wrap up this Bearcat Blitz with UC as we currently sit during this recording. Top 25 in the net ranking. Top 27 in the Ken Palm ranking. And a projected seventh seed on team rankings, bracketology, as we currently stand. Crazy, crazy. We'll see if they can keep climbing up that seating project, projection and keep building on this conference momentum with a victory over Texas. We'll be back to break it all down on the late week show, plus hopefully a fun interview with someone from UC land as well. For Neil Meyer, I'm Russ Heltman. This has been Cap Blitz on the Believe Network. This is the second. 15 seconds left, shot clock off, four-point game. To Julius. Puts up a three. Yeah! And go! back and breath.